Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and once again this week, I'm joined by Alex Moreland, Stephen Zaffin is Holly Bobs, but we'll do our best to keep you right with our TV recommendations once more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Katie Coniglin returns to give us her take on the Oscars as a certified super fan. We'll find out what she made of it all. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. Alex has been watching Luther and he's going to share his thoughts on that with us a little later. You'll recall the new Luther film is now available on Netflix. So this is sort of the precursor to all of that. But first, what has everyone been watching? Hi, Alex and Katie. Hiya. Katie, did you watch anything not Oscars related in the last week? <laughs> I, I did actually for my sins. I, 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 I'm probably wasting my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I've been catching up with the latest season of You on mm-hmm. Netflix, which is the most delightful bobbins. Um, it's just slightly insane. I think it's very funny. It's just extremely easy watching. So, so this um, is serial killer, been... attractive serial killer that women seem to have a huge yes. penchant for. It's a bit worrying, actually. This is all I know about it. I think yeah, I saw I maybe, to... I've seen clips of it on Gogglebox, but like, it's Joe is his name. Is that right? He's Joe, yes. Mm. And he, he is very witty. And also he's got a very deep voice and a very, um, very a well-observed voiceover. I did at one point text my best friend going, Gosh, this man is very attractive. He grows a beard in this season uh-huh. and he looks all tweedy and professorial, yeah. which is right up my um, strasse. And uh, she just wrote back, just going, Katie, no. Yeah, exactly, a, no. Was, you know, well, fair point, well made. But, uh, but anyone yeah, I know still- that watches it says the same thing. So I'm resisting watching <laughs> it so I can stay on my horse and say, you're attracted to a serial killer. Do you know how yes, wrong that is? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm down on the killing side of things. It's just the, the wittiness is, is yeah. yeah. All balances yeah. out. It balances out, exactly. I get the feeling as well with when you're watching it, you can kind of see the next murder coming like 10,000 miles away. He sort of just takes a disliking to people and then their goose is cooked. Is that right? Um, this one was very twisty turny and, and there was some, I, I, I don't want to give anything away. There was some legitimate sort of, I didn't see it coming plot twists. Oh, good. Which, um, right. They really sort of revivified the whole thing by sending him off to England, which was fun. Okay. Um, yeah, he goes off and pretends to be a... A lecturer or something is that right yeah he's a professor mm-hmm. so hence the tweed and the beard because oh, that's exactly what all English professors look like <laughs> yeah with a cup of tea in one hand and a newspaper indeed, in the other yeah. indeed okay cool you yeah we maybe need to talk about that a bit more, a bit more another day. another excuse to get you back on the podcast Katie we <laughs> love them what about you Alex um not as much less less recently yeah uh, I left the house for a change wow oh, I know oh, I'd love to totally hear it love to hear it um, TV so passy. Didn't enjoy it as much, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, I finished Ted Lasso. I caught up on Ted mm. Lasso, and I'm sort of about a month ahead now. I think. Uh, so I you caught up, and you surpassed us by a month. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have to wait for <laughs> everyone to catch up. The, yeah, for everyone to catch as up per. for the actual release date to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I finished watching Sherlock, which I started rewatching in mm-hmm. end of February. I think it was now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the fourth series more than I was expecting to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of had in my head that it sort of went off a cliff partway through, but um, I enjoyed it more more than I anticipated I would. So that was good. Always mm. nice. Cool. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm similar to you, Alex. Haven't been watching a load of new stuff. I was like finishing off a lot of things. The Gold, which I enjoyed actually, all in all. Funnily enough, I started listening to a podcast kind of halfway through and it was about John Palmer, who's one of the key mm. characters, the the kind of gold smelter guy, the gold merchant. And the first episode of the podcast gave away a bit of the <laughs> program. So I was like, no! So I had to stop the podcast Never. until I finished the TV series. But anyway, it's getting all a bit meta. But um, And then I was, I've done a couple of episodes of Better, which I'm really enjoying. Strangely, I don't know. Like, it has an edge on it compared to other similar. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I've been waiting for the past five weeks for you to watch the final one because I want to know what you'll think of the ending. And you know what? I watched episode four and... I had to check at the end that there was another episode. I, I knew know. there was five and I was like, is that it? Because it's, it's almost kind of sewn up at the end of episode four. Uh, and then last night I looked at it and it just said something about, oh, things are getting extra desperate or whatever. So I'll be interested to see because they could have stopped it there, which you can't always say about a lot of TV series. It's almost like this is mm-hmm. like a bonus episode. So right next week, we'll have a wee chat about that. Yeah. Um, and of course, The Last of Us finale katie did you yeah. watch that were you watching I, it no i um i gave up on the last of us on the account of the fact that it was just horrifically depressing and i i just i i just very much have the attitude that if there's a whole bunch of sentient mushrooms taking over the planet i would probably just lay down and give up i don't know that it, it seemed worthwhile going through all of that horrific like it's of subsistence living so um <laughs> i yeah, I, I watched the Nick Offerman and Murray but- yes, Bartlett episode. you said that, I recall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, I love Pedro Pascal. He's yeah. sort of the internet's boyfriend at the moment, isn't totally. he? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's a very adorable man. Mm-hmm. But I, yes, I, I think um, so far as sort of apocalypse yeah. stories go, I'm, I'm a bit much bigger fan of Station Eleven. Yeah. So. It does redeem itself in parts in terms of that sort of existential dread turns into sort of warm and fuzzies a couple of times, you know. Um, Alex, can I guess the bit? Okay, spoiler alert if anybody has I, not seen I, The Last no, of Us don't, finale. Don't guess, don't guess the bit. Well, you haven't seen it? No, I've, I, I've seen it, but I think that's too big a spoiler. Do you think? Yeah, I think okay. so. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty sure I know what the bit was that you're I, talking about. I don't think you do, but I think... No. No, but I think any guess would be, would be too close. Okay, so... I'm not going to. I'll take your advice on that, Alex. Yeah. It would be nice to the listeners. I'll tell you what I was surprised about the ending. It was such a short episode. Again, it was. It sort of reminded me of how I have tripped myself up with preconceptions about what something is going to be like. So like the Happy Valley ending, I was kind of expecting one thing and it was something totally different. So I was kind of confused at the end. And also with this, similarly, I think whatever little trailer was on at the end of the eighth episode I thought there was a lot more action in episode nine but anyway um, and it's quite short so I was a bit like you know four minutes before the end I was like is this ending (laughs) question mark and thinking there'll be another like 40 minutes I was like oh it's going to be you know a feature length because it's the finale etc and it was only like 42 43 minutes so if you haven't watched it lads now you're aware that it's not long um but yeah, I was very happy with it. I was very happy with the ending, I have to say. And uh, looking forward to the next series. Yeah. So, not sure when that's going to be, but we will, oh, when we know, like we will let you know. Hmm? 2024. 
24, 25. Do you think it could be up to 25? Yeah, potentially. Oh, interesting. Okay. I was chatting to my brother about it, actually, and he was saying he played the games um, as they came out and that that end of the first game was a sort of watershed moment for gaming because of where you're left, the questions you're left with. And I mean, it's the same thing in in the TV series. And I just thought, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that before. Like, what... As in, it, no game had had a similar sort of feel to the end of it, we'll, we'll say. Is it a cliffhanger? Is that it? No, Is it that it leaves things really. not, I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger. I'd, I'd say it's quite a good ending. Yeah. Like, okay. If they didn't make any more of it, that would, that'd be fine. Be satisfied. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when you think of it from the perspective of the gamer... And they were that that ending. It's, it just makes it more interesting yeah. to think about what their take on it was, and then sort of how they're portraying that. Um, I suppose, especially if that's a bit that you play through, which yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose the characters getting to know the characters as well, and that kind of relationship between the two of them. So, um, but I've a bone to pick with you because you do kind of find out, um, Alex, because you do kind of find out what happened with uh, um, Ellie. You said you didn't. I was like, do you find out her, you know, the bit about how she comes to, maybe I didn't phrase I thought it. you were talking about something else. Oh, okay. Right. Well, you get a bit more but of Ellie's now, backstory. But now I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. well there you go. You do find that out then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good as well. Uh, kind of answers that big question. Um, Anyway, it was really good. If anybody hasn't watched The Last of Us, highly, 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 highly recommend, um, I think, basically across the board, except for Katie, who we won't give her full... I, I, don't, I, I don't have anything against yeah. it. I know that it's prestige TV. I'm just saying, you know, um, I, you can, I can't be accused of not watching enough yeah. content. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. you have to have to make choice, yeah. choices. Yeah, so. I sympathise with you on the first episode. It was too much. as good as Station Eleven. Like I, I haven't even seen that, but bizarre. I can't Station imagine. Station Eleven is yeah. fantastic. If you like a sort of post-apocalyptic thing, uh, it's it, um, it's it's fabulous. Yeah. Thoroughly recommended. Not many people caught up with it because it got sort of lost in a sea of, of mm. other television programs last year. So, is it one series? Sorry, is it a single it's series? A, yeah, it's a, it's a limited series, so mm. it's all done. And I can't remember how many episodes it is, but it's based on the Emily um, Saint Mandel novel, and it's um, posted pandemic um people sort of reformulating the world post pandemic but it's considerably more hopeful than i think that that mm. subject matter would lead you to believe it's mm. really beautiful mm. well you yeah. see that's kind of what series. happens in the last of us as well but um we need to check that out so we need to do maybe a back to the future on station 11 yeah. if we can find out if we can watch it somewhere so it's just cool. paying for lionsgate i think is the is the is the you know it's too much there's one too many Apologies yeah. to Sam Hewan for his Lionsgate show, but yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Maybe some of these things will start proliferating out across other streaming services, etc. I imagine at some point. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, they they fill out eventually. I think yeah. especially as they'll start going bust. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll just sell them all on. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what we've all been watching. Uh, moving along, Katie is going to tell us about the film event of the year what did you make of it Katie was it worth the lack of sleep and the annual leave on Monday 
Um, I mean, it always is as much as I think I'm just a bit mad. I've got some sort of Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> I think. Um, I just can't help myself. So it, even when it's terrible, it's good. Um, yeah. But this was it was a really interesting ceremony. I think probably most people have kind of, well, no, it wasn't. I say it's a really interesting ceremony. In fairness, the ceremony is always actually quite dull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some interesting things happened and people have probably kind of caught up with it. It was, it was quite an a satisfying one in as much as pretty much nobody I wanted to win won. Yeah. All of the major awards went to people, different people than my personal choices, but you couldn't begrudge any of the winners mm. because they were so gracious and happy yeah. and they all had such interesting stories leading into it that you sort of just felt really happy for them. So like you look at supporting actor, mm -hmm. which went to Kihi Kwan, which, you know, we know from the Goonies and, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune as short round. And this incredibly lovely, bubbly, gracious man stands up and talks about how he spent a year in a refugee camp and now he's been embraced back by Hollywood and he's won an Oscar and he says, Mum, I've won an Oscar. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't he wouldn't have been my pick, but it was just gorgeous mm -hmm. to see. And it it's pretty hard not to feel um feel deeply moved by that mm -hmm. i do um wonder as well i mean i don't imagine he's got his finger on the pulse of british politics maybe he does maybe he cares but the fact that he mentioned the refugee camp felt particularly um uh particularly relevant given the things that have been happening over here yeah. over the last couple of weeks um so that was lovely and um it's sort of the same thing i think with brendan fraser who i wouldn't mm. I, I think that the film that he was in the whale was a mawkish sentimental piece of yes i didn't like it at all um but um that man uh had um has had a very rough ride in hollywood he's been um he uh well he alleges that he was sexually harassed by the head of the um hollywood fallen press who's the people that run the golden globes and he basically got ostracized by hollywood for, for years um and he seems like a very sweet kind man who's finally getting some of um getting getting work again and so even though i would have given the award to colin farrell you know when when you see brendan fraser take the stage i just felt terribly happy for mm -hmm. him <laughs> he gave a terrible speech mm -hmm. he um he gave this awful poor man gave the most god awful speech because he did this extended nautical metaphor where yeah. literally everyone <laughs> kept him in, rela in relation to a whale and i did want to take him aside he's like there wasn't actually a whale in your movie <laughs> that's <laughs> weird like, it was uh it was, it was it was terrible but was it very, funny? Very was it was supposed yeah. to? Well, it wasn't supposed to be it funny. Though. It was supposed to be, be sincere. It was. It wasn't it was meant to be funny. funny. Yeah. 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 But um, I know but what you're yes, saying, is... Katie. Like, it, when a film sweeps the board, it's kind of boring, isn't it? Because you're yeah. like, you just want to share the love around a little bit. Yeah. And like you said, you wouldn't begrudge everything everywhere all at once the awards but at the same rate it's like oh can somebody can we just see I mean it was far different? from my favourite film of the year but I think it's it's nice to see they seem like such a tight-knit positive group of filmmakers who are making films for the right reasons mm -hmm. so it felt quite nice seeing them get yeah but I would have liked to have seen the wealth shared around a bit more myself mm -hmm. um I think uh the big, uh, it was, it's difficult as well. Like when Jamie Lee Curtis won, she won for Best Supporting Actress and she's an industry veteran that's um, 
been doing really good work consistently for 40 years, very well liked. Um, but that, it that felt role, like... like Best Supporting Actress, that role, really? I don't no, think so. And it, but, but, but I guess um, I would have given it to Kerry Condon because yeah. I thought she gave the best performance. I thought she was fabulous. But it was also very sad because um, the sort of the smart money was on Angela Bassett winning yeah. as a sort of um, uh, as a industry a, award for her work over the over the course of her career, yeah. and it did feel um, you know the the Oscars are well Hollywood is quite racist and um, even even in this year, the fact that she got sort of overlooked for Jamie Lee Curtis did feel like a bit of a, um, a clangor. Mm-hmm. Although having said that, like she was in Black Panther Wakanda forever, which is nobody's idea of a, well, certainly not my <laughs> idea of a great film. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Alex, you watched as well. What was your takeaway from the whole thing? Tell us a bit about Jimmy Kimmel and his skills. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not a, he, he's fine. It was, it was fine. Um, safe pair of hands he's not mm-hmm. not great jokes um he was trying to sort of riff with malala at one point he's a oh God. friend of a friend of a friend of a friend but um <laughs> it, she, she wasn't that impressed no, no one was i don't i think it's a shame when they um because they'll like play people off sometimes if they're bored of their speeches i think that's a shame when they'll sort of someone's in the middle of thanking their family or whatever, and then they're being played off so that there's time for Jimmy Kimmel to mess around with a guy in a bear costume. And it's like yeah. priorities. But, um, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I, I did not do very well on my guesses. That was kind of the main takeaway for me. It was personal worst, I think, over the past I think you were trying to be a bit controversial, years. though, weren't you, Alex? You were like... Well, I, I, a lot of them seemed sensible, mm. but in hindsight, it was like... Like, like short film, I guess the one that Alfonso Cuaron had produced. But in hindsight, it should have been the only one that was English language. That's obvious; it should have been that one. But yeah, <laughs> that's all. So that that's the only metric I care about. How well do I do with the guesses? Um, and not very <laughs> and, well. But, yeah. And what about um, the, some of the peripheral stuff? So some of the red carpet stuff. Then um, Tom, H- not Tom Hanks. Hugh Grant had a strange conversation with somebody. Katie, did you? Yeah, no. I've, I've watched that. Tell and us I've, about I've that. I've vacillated on that as well because um, the thing is, the red carpet is Cringy. the worst form of um, of interview that you can give. Yeah. And as much as it's, you know, when you're at a party and somebody is looking over your shoulder to see if there's somebody more interesting yeah. or more important. Oh God! Maybe this just happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that is basically what the red carpet is. So I. It's a, it's a very banal form of interview. You've got about 45 seconds, so it's not a great um, setup in the first instance. But then having said that, I don't think that she was a particularly good interviewer. And I also think that Hugh Grant, I mean, Hugh Grant is always going to mind things for for that which is funny. And it was, um, it was rude, but it was very funny the way he responded to her line of questioning. So am I right was, in saying she sort of said, have you been having a great time? And he's like, nearly. Yeah. Or yeah. he was just a bit asorbic with her. <laughs> Also, I mean, and I think it's that thing. It's like she's like, isn't this amazing? Isn't this exciting? And if you've been in making films for as long as Hugh yeah. Grant has, and you've done this before, you've done the foo for all, like it probably isn't massively exciting. It's probably a bit of a, um, a pain in the Harris, and and so I can sort of see seeing why it's sort of all so inane. It's a bit of a it's a stupid question though. 
Isn't it exciting? Yeah. No. Like, what do you expect yeah. the answer to be? Um, she, she either didn't know what to ask him or, yeah, like, maybe do a bit more homework, like you say, but... She, mm. she asked him about Glass Onion, which is a film that he's in for literally 30 seconds, mm-hmm. which I think, again, seems like a daft line of inquiry. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Hugh Grant made, I think, one of the only jokes of the entire night when he when he got up and he was an, um, presenting an award with Andy McDowell made a joke about moisturiser that was legitimately funny and next to nobody else in the ceremony made jokes. So mm. he gets a pass from me for just actually having okay. a sense of humour. It's, um, it's nice to have some liberty. We were talking about the fact that earlier, Alex and I, um, before we started the podcast, about the fact that the viewing figures have been going down for years and years. So this year they brought, they'd had some of the uh, best song nominations Yep. performed and it looked quite good actually now my favorite one one of the films i did watch or the the it won the Natu best song. Natu. yeah which yeah. i loved um but gaga was on stripped back looking quite powerful i thought um we also had rihanna doing the song yeah. from wakanda forever so was that did you find that good interesting well placed I think the usually the song a lot of the songs that they have at the best um, at the Oscars are not great songs. They seem to really prefer ballads and stuff like that. Mm. So it was nice to have Natu Natu just because it's a song with some um, life to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Rihanna song is a song that wasn't a great song, but her performance was fabulous mm-hmm. and it really kind of made me like the song a lot more than I mm-hmm. previously had. And also, you know, heavily pregnant woman just looking. Mm-hmm. Um, astonishing. She's just, she's just really cool. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> and I thought Gaga looked great as well, completely stripped yeah. back. And it was sort of challenging those perceptions of what a pretty woman should look like on a stage. In I suppose in both yeah. cases, you know. So that was cool. I really enjoyed the. I didn't see an awful lot of the little um, bit snippets afterwards, but the the guys and forgive me, I don't know their name, but the guys that wrote the song for or their acceptance speech, he sang like a Carpenters song. He did, yeah, in because yeah. he was said he was inspired by the Carpenters growing up, and he sang like a little ditty thanking people, but it to the air of top of the world. There you go. So yeah, yeah I thought that was lovely. Put he put a bit it of effort really into lovely. his acceptance speech. That guy, obviously. Yeah, and um, I think uh, the other main thing I think to highlight is, of course, Michelle Yeoh winning um, only yes. the second woman of colour to ever get Best Actress, which is quite scandalous. But also, again, um, just a very good to finally see um, the Academy catching up on stuff like that. And she gave just a really gorgeous and gracious speech um, saying that ladies don't let anyone ever tell you that you're past your prime, which I thought was a... Um, a lovely message across. So that was a nice, yeah, it was a nice moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the name of the composer of that song, sorry, was M.M. Kiravani. Cool, okay. Well, it, it looked like a s- slightly more sort of diverse lineup this year, which is positive. And there was no major dramas, no physical violence. So yeah, the bars may be moving up a little bit. So <laughs> thanks for that, Katie. Thanks for sharing your dedication with us. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have you back again next award season to talk all about it. So uh, moving along, we're going to talk to Alex now about Luther, which we've mentioned a couple of times on the show in the last few weeks because you were getting through it, Alex. But obviously the film is now available on Netflix, which is Luther, The Fallen Son. And I think there's going to be potentially, well, you tell me, I was going to say, let us know if there's any spoilers in your chat 
Alex, in case anybody is like wanting to get through the whole series before they get to watch the film. But I think that's probably quite a big project, maybe not. Yeah. Um, no, no, no spoilers, particularly just opinions and insights and, and mm-hmm. all the usual things we've come to what enjoy. What you <laughs> um, Yeah. So Luther, uh, BBC crime drama started in 2010. Five series. 2010? Yeah, 2010. Wow. I think it's that long ago. Wow. So it started a few months before Sherlock, which is why I ended up sort of doing yes. them in, in tandem that way. Uh, and are we saying that it was the programme that launched Idris Elba? Or no? No, but I think it certainly helped. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I'm, and I get the sense he's quite fond of it as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an iconic role for him, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so five five series, and now recently yep. a movie, um, which which I watched all of. I watched the film last night, uh, and yeah, it's. Oh, you watched the film last night as well. I oh, did, good, good, yeah. good. Okay, um, tell, tell, tell us, tell us. Very, very on top of it for this podcast. It's oh, I tell you <laughs> highlight of my week. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's quite kind of quite heightened, quite baroque, I guess. Um, it's you get things like you know someone worships the sun so they're stabbing people someone's in a satanic cult so they're stabbing people someone's sexually attracted to knives so they're stabbing people it's a lot of stabbing people <laughs> there's a lot of stabbing people but um but if they're sexually attracted to knives shouldn't no no no, no, no. Stab other people okay, i'm that, not, not that, going down that i think your question doesn't it's make spoilers. any sense Katie. That's, i think that's spoilers uh, <laughs> okay but but I'll ponder that while you go on. So so that's the thing, I guess, in that it is, it's quite sort of grim and gritty, but in a fairly goofy way, I guess. Um, So there's all my sort of my usual aversion to this kind of crime drama stuff. Like the, the maverick policeman is, it's kind of like a fantasy, Mm -hmm. I guess, but, um, Mm -hmm. and there's a few too many, like, naked corpses at crime scenes that kind of thing but um the fact that it's generally quite good and also knowingly quite silly sort of hedges against that a bit okay um it's, it's sort of best when ruth wilson is in it uh ruth mm-hmm. wilson plays a sort of like a moriarty-esque figure for luther yeah um yeah. so certainly the earlier stuff feels a lot more sherlock holmes columbo uh and that was yeah. kind of the register i enjoyed it more in okay so my favorite series were the first second series it's kind of more episodic at that point and that kind Mm. of it it imposes a kind of a pace on it that means it sort of emphasizes luther as kind of an Mm. unconventional creative thinker Mm. rather than sort of what it becomes which is like who throws the last punch kind of thing yeah um Gradually, I think it Luther, the character, I guess, kind of outgrows or outlasts the original kind of premise, the original setup of the show. Yeah. Uh, supporting cast changes a lot. It becomes less less interested in sort of being a ongoing running TV show, um, which you know it's not to my taste, but it, it still sort of works. Um, I thought the, Did they do that maybe because they knew they were heading to the film, you know? Um, I don't know, because I think gradually it starts 
they're, they're starting up being sort of longer and longer gaps between series. Um, okay. Like a, c- a couple of years each time. So I imagine part of it is 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 just sort of navigating schedules, things like that. Um, mm. So like when they bring in like like Rose Leslie's in it one year as sort of his you know di exposition character um and i think that like like she's not a massive character but i think it's just mm. a case of who was available who they could get kind of thing um but I, I enjoyed the film uh i thought it kind of brought back some of the momentum i guess that it sort of lost over series four and five okay. just in terms of like sort of blowing the cobwebs away it kind of gave them a bit more a bit of a kick i guess um yeah, I enjoyed it. Quite happily watched more. It, it didn't sort of like bring it back to the bits about the first series that I liked, but it's good fun. Sort of schlocky, but good fun. Would you tell us how many episodes are in each of the series then, so in case anyone is thinking of... Fewer and fewer as it goes along. Um, yeah. First series is six episodes, then it's four, four, two, and then four again. Oh. Um, it's kind of manageable, though. Yeah, you know. so it's not even mm. twenty episodes, uh, or, yeah. or it is exactly twenty episodes. Maybe mm-hmm. maths is beyond me. But uh, yeah, and then the film, <laughs> which is two hours. Uh, and the film. If anybody hasn't watched the series, can you just sit down and watch the film? Will it make perfect sense it is, in and itself, or do you think it's more rewarding to watch it as a culmination of the series? I think yeah, it's, it's more rewarding um, to take it all together. I think it probably functions fairly well for someone who hasn't seen it before. Series five ends on, I guess, a cliffhanger, um, okay. which the movie then resolves, but it also kind of introduces a new way of getting to that cliffhanger. So you okay. can still understand the end okay. of series five, even without okay. having seen series five. So it's yes. it stands yeah. alone fairly well. Um, cool. It's kind of little references back and things. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think because I, I was always kind of comparing it with Sherlock in my head. I preferred Sherlock, but I think Luther is probably good for people who were kind of frustrated with Sherlock as it went along and kind of frustrated with it not being a crime drama, which which I always thought was a slightly stupid criticism of Sherlock. But <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That, okay. that that's a show for people who who had that uh, that feeling that view. Okay, interesting. I, I didn't get too frustrated with Sherlock for being a crime drama. I just felt like it disappeared up its own fundament and it just got so fan service yeah. that it was, yeah. Yeah, well, so. that uh, as well, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe try Luther. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. How is Andy Serkis? Because he's, he's, he's the big he's, bad. Um, he was good in it. I liked him in it. Um, he's the big bad guy in the film, is Yeah, it? in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good, It's yeah, it's quite a sort of exaggerated performance it's got a kind of a funny wig and that kind of thing it's yeah it's good it's kind of a the the film feels quite bond i guess not that i've seen mm. a lot of bond but it's it feels like it's riffing on that a bit more explicitly um so which is almost like it, it the the first series it feels like there's a particular vision for this as a show Towards the end, I think it's kind of becoming a vehicle for Idris Elba, like, like a star vehicle for him, and also as just as a vehicle for stuff he's interested in doing. 
he he sings a song uh, over the end credits. <laughs> um, so like you've you know you've got your Bond theme, Luther theme is is from Idris Elba. Um, which is, How did it do at the box office? Do you know? I don't know. It wasn't I there I very long. It was only yeah, in for two weeks or whatever. So. And then coming to Netflix so quickly, yeah. it's like really? I think it's, it's because it was for Netflix, and I think mm. for them, it's they don't have much interest in putting this stuff in cinemas, like the Glass Onion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also maybe just sort of every now and again going, yeah, we made a big film, we yeah. put it in a cinema. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Cool. I I think I watched. I think I watched a couple episodes really early on and just didn't like it and left it. But I feel like maybe I should give it another go. But yeah, the long list gets longer. It's a quiet uh, taste. And it took me to kind think? of yeah. get to it, yeah. I think. But. Yeah. I can't remember what I didn't like about it. So I, I have no opinion <laughs> <laughs> for once. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Alex. And thank you, listeners, for joining us this week. Do look up for Friday morning Screen Babble Weekend Watch featuring Alex Moreland this week. <laughs> which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get in our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. You can also sign up for our wonderful weekly TV newsletter by going to nationalworld.com forward slash newsletters. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back again next week with more Screen Babble. Bye. 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 Bye.